Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get to the interview. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He's the one, the only, the man known as Isaiah Broner. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain, Can't complain at all. How are you doing? Though? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for making time for me. Uh, thank you for putting up with me while all my fucking shit betrayed me. I <laughs> really appreciate it, man. No problem, no problem, man. I appreciate you giving me the chance. Awesome, dude. Uh, I was mentioning to you off mic that I first became aware of yourself uh, in the earlier kind of pit episodes, so ICW No Holds Barred. I think it was around the pit seven. Uh, it felt like the DTA invasion. It was Aaron Ryan <laughs> and Aaron Williams and Tommy Vendetta and all yourself uh, turning up at ICW No Holds Barred. And I believe you, your first bag was with Justin Kyle, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Somebody who, who I really respect and a friend of the show. Um, I just got to tell you, man, it made an impact immediately and it was pretty obvious why you started reappearing in that product pretty quickly. Oh yeah, man. Just as a good dude. Mm -hmm. Um, just felt like being at home, man. We just, they told us what the match was, uh, what, when our match was and we just went out there and did what we do. Yeah, that's it. I, um, I was wondering what it felt like where, because that particular one, that was the one was like really rained out, right? And it's essentially just like a dusty barn or something with like guardrails. <laughs> you must have been like, what is this shit that I've been dragged yeah. into? Um, yeah, we, we pulled up there and we didn't like, it was like in the middle of nowhere kind of. Yeah. So we didn't know exactly if we were in the right spot. So then we... When we got there, the first show was on, uh, the change was going on. So it was like, all right. So I immediately saw Aaron Orion, and he just looked at me like, did you see it? And I'm like, see what? He's like, just walk with me. So he showed me, it's like, it's just a barn. <laughs> it was nothing in there. There was no there was no guardrails at the moment. It was just dirt. Yeah. So I was like, okay, um, all right. So, but... The energy, like once it started, 
I wouldn't even like it. Just everybody was closed, and it just felt like a scene out of fight, like Fight Club or something. Yeah. So I, it came out dope. So we made they, they made it work. So I asked off to Danny and ICW, uh, ICW man. It's I, I loved it. Yeah. It, it, I've derailed my own show immediately by talking about this uh, so early in the interview, but uh, I feel like. All of that that stripped it back made it the coolest part because, like, all the dust and stuff, you know, and just that single spotlight, and that, it just looked epic. So it's like by far my favorite show. Um, yeah. And and yeah, it, it really stood out, and I feel like it lent itself like to all you guys. Like it was a show of kind of local talent and debuts and stuff as well. So it just put all of you in like the best light. It just looked hard as fuck. It was awesome. Oh yeah, I was like really happy for. Um for Tommy and Aaron yeah. because those guys are like really, like really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think Tommy, Tommy got started maybe like a year after I got started. Yeah. Right. But like, like Aaron and Jack and all those guys, like they've been here before and anytime they, they get some shine because they're really good, man. I'll, I'll be like really, really happy for that. So yeah, I was just happy to see. Yeah, that that's hot, man. All right, let's rewind. I've derailed my own show. We're going to start from the start. I normally only have one question when we jump into these. I've, I've fucked up my entire show already. Uh, <laughs> and, and that is, when we think all the way back, when we rewind back, we'll go all the way to the start and then we'll get to how you got to that moment, um, which is like, what were some of the first faces in professional wrestling that stood out to you? How did you even get into it, man? My cousin, uh, my cousin Philip, like he was like heavy into it. Mm-hmm. So like my first memory is literally like he brought like oh like an old tape of like WrestleMania six. Yeah, yeah. So I remember like the Rockers and the Oriental Express and Jimmy Snuka and the Rick Rude. So that's what started, and then after that I was hooked. Um, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania ten. Um, Shawn Michaels and Razor at the uh, SummerSlam '95, the the second ladder match that they had. Anything Bret Hart did. Um, then, like I started playing football, so I kind of drifted away from it a little bit, like from middle school to college. But eventually, I got turned back into it because when I saw MVP, yeah. So when I saw MVP, like I was like, okay, he like he reminded me of myself, so. I got back into it after that. Yeah, no worries. Um, can you still hear me there? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah, cool, cool. My camera's going bullshit, but that's All fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was the same, man. I got away from it, you know, when I was in in uh, university and doing all that kind of stuff. I played in bands and, and was uh, around from it and kind of got back into it, you know, uh, just past, I think, sort of MB, MVP's area. So were you, like, um, doing sport and things like that, and he was somebody that stood out in that kind of, like, athlete presentation or whatever that he had going on? Um, Because I, th- I played – I was playing football. So, like, his whole his whole uh, moniker was, like, he was, like, the hottest free agent. Yeah. And just, just his presentation – like being frank, like seeing a black person at that time in that type of position, like I saw myself. Like I, like at that time, like I, I had the cornrows and all the, everything. He was, yeah. I, I can relate. And then hearing his background, how he got started, and 
the prison and stuff and how he grew up, how he got turned on to wrestling. Like, I really took a liking to it. So I kind of connected with him outside of the ring. Yes. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I uh, just kind of connected with him. And then it slowly turned me back into wrestling. And then from there it was that. And then looking at, like, uh, that's like when TNA started popping up mm-hmm. and I got turned on like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Like I would look at TNA because of that. they appealed to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And anywhere Scott Hall went, I pretty much was tuning into. Yeah, right, right. Big racer guy as well. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when you're when you are growing up and you're you're like watching this stuff as a kid and stuff with your cousin, we're was anybody else in the family sort of interested or is it one of those things where, or, or friends or was it one of those like hobbies that's sort of a little bit insular, you know, like for me, um, we didn't even have it on TV in Australia. So I kind of started getting into it in early high school or whatever it was. Well, actually primary school, I was first exposed to it. And then it was kind of like this hobby I kind of had on my own that none of my friends knew about or never really, you know, got into. So was it, a bit more mainstream for you or was it kind of a thing that you just kind of kept with your cousin or whatever? Um, like my mom's side of the, like my mom's side of the family, like they were into it. So like, you know, I, I liked it. I loved it. So like my, my dad would try to for like for a while. Yeah. He would try to get pay-per-views and stuff like that when we could afford it and stuff uh-huh. and going to school, like, like I was like obsessed with it. So um, I know, like in elementary school, we had like little academic programs, and they would reward you on how good you did. They would give us toys, so I was like, "Well, I want this action figure." So they like, so I turned my like uh, my peers onto it yeah. up to like middle school, and then middle school, um, like my neighborhood, it's not a common thing to like wrestling. It's more basketball, football, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of drifted away from it because yeah. it went away from the mainstream and people didn't fully grasp or understand it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was it um for you, you're obviously like a pretty big dude, physical specimen kind of thing. Like there would have been like a pretty big draw to sport and stuff as well, right? You would have been, had people knocking on your door and wanting you to play football and do basketball and all those kind of things, right? Yeah, um, I got recruited for um, kind of heavily with football and then wound up going to play um, at Northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, had some tryouts with the AFL, um, CFL. Um, just wound up like get, like staying healthy, man, get, getting hurt. It kind of hindered it. And then after I gave up on that, um, I kind of got into boxing and then drifted from boxing into bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And I was like literally prepping for a bodybuilding show. And um like I tell everybody like like Billy Gunn saw like a uh, like one of my like football workout tapes and he suggested I should, you know, look into trying to get trained. Um Stokely from AEW, he shot me, you know, I didn't know anything about where to go. He suggested I go to uh, House of Truth. So that's how I kind of transitioned to that because Billy Gunn wound up getting me, like, basically getting me a tryout with WWE. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so that's how that. Yeah. That's that's, that's kind of crazy because you, you know, you grew up a wrestling fan and 
you were doing sports and doing other stuff, but then wrestling came knocking on your door essentially. Like you, yeah. you didn't really go looking for it. It came to find you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't think about uh, maybe I should try wrestling yeah. or nothing like that. Sat on. I'm like, I'm try bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Like middle of the show, I stopped and started training wrestling, and then I really wish I would have did it. Um, I really wish I would have just trained like <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Imagine where you'd be. Uh, you was it that it just never you never really had thought about doing it, or was it just like it just seemed like a I don't even know what that road is. You know, like for for me oh. in Australia, like I couldn't even imagine finding a school or training or doing any kind of stuff like that. Was it someone like that just just never came up, or was it something that you're like I would love to do that but didn't know how to approach it? Like. Um. I was like so dead set on, like I was like I'm going to the NFL. Yes. And when that didn't work, it was like all right, well, like what do I do now? Like so, I kind of fell into boxing, and then boxing, I wound up in the bodybuilding. So I never, I just never thought like, well, maybe I should get wrestling and try until like Billy Gunn hit me up, but like I never. And even when that happened, um. It was like some some trainers around Michigan. Like I went to like sessions, and it just didn't it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And they was stuff like 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 I, I'm natural like I'm a natural at it, and I got like the size and the look. But it was like nah, whatever. Like I don't. I just like it sounded like a money grab to me. Yeah. So I just off until um, somebody just suggested I go talk to the people at House of Truth. Yeah, that's it. What's it what's it feel like when you have somebody like Billy Gunn, obviously who you would have been very aware of, you know, from growing up, just sort of reach out to you out of the blue? Because at the time he would have been NXT, right? So he would have been like one of the head coaches at NXT. They're scouting people. They're looking for athletes. They're things like that. Uh, and then yeah. you just get a message out of nowhere. That, that would be pretty surreal. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, he was one of the coaches down at the performance center, and um, it was like, okay, well, maybe he was like one of one of like one of my favorites as a kid. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I should at least try it. You know, worst thing, just it didn't work out or whatever. I can at least I didn't like no, I tried it, but you know, hearing it from him, you know, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna go out there and try it, and then actually going to be trained by Truth. Um, and all the success he's had, mm-hmm. um, not just inside the ring, but especially like during Ring of Honor and on yes. the Indies. Mm-hmm. So it kind of solidified it for me on the zone. Yeah, give, yeah. It, give it a shot. Absolutely. Um, does when Billy hits you up, is it like a phone call or is it a message? Is he like, have you ever considered uh, professional wrestling? Like, it was through Twitter. Okay. Um, yeah, I just had like a like. Um, I was still trying to get in contact like with like um like agents from the NFL uh-huh. trying to like navigate my way to try to see if I can get in contact or get workouts and stuff and um I just saw the video, um he shot me a message and like we went back and forth. Um he like literally he was putting together the workout. He told me to send it to him, like physically send him a copy. Uh-huh. Then I'm getting fired. 
but he passed it to Gerald Briscoe. Mm. So they went back and forth. I think we went back and forth. Like, like Briscoe hit me up like, all right, they're going to give you a date for a tryout. And after a while, I was like, whatever. Like, I didn't think it was going to happen. And literally the day of my first match, I got an email telling me, okay, you have a tryout on this date. Uh, all right. <laughs> that, that's crazy. Well, crazy how things work out, man. That that is crazy. All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's keep going in linear order then, and we'll talk about the House of Truth real quick because they, um, I was not exposed to like independent wrestling like until I was in my thirties, man. So like, as I said, kid growing up, getting VHS tapes, you know, watching WWF any WCW I could find, whatever. Um, years go by, a decade goes by, you know, of not watching anything, get back into it. And then when I do at that point, you know, we're talking podcasts start to exist, interviews, you know, start to exist and everybody's a lot more open about stuff. And then I find out about guys like you said, AJ Styles, the Ring of Honor stuff, Bullet Club and that. And I start watching Ring of Honor. I'm able to start finding it. And one of the very first acts that stood out to me was Truth Martini and Jay Lethal. The, like, as the House of Truth, that was such, like, a cool um, presentation that they had. Um, Jay Lethal, to me, his moveset was, like, absolutely crazy. And were they, at the time, like, like where are we in timeline? Are they, like, active in Ring of Honor? Are you aware of them at the time? Or or you, this is the first time you've heard of House of Truth when they're suggested to you? I wasn't that like privy on the indies. I was just like you, like yeah. It was WWF, ECW, WCW, yeah. and then later TNA. So I wasn't as knowledgeable of the indies until I started to actually think about pursuing wrestling. Yeah. So once they mentioned House of Truth, like I, I, I look everything up. So like I study everything. Got to find okay if this like, reputable person to go to to pursue this career so I became a fan of Jay Lethal and AJ Styles and CM Punk and everybody like all their work Tyler Black all of them you know once I became cognizant of okay this is what he's done on this level and stuff like that and then going there to train hearing him having conversations with him of Rhino starting and certain uh, uh, Steve Carino and other people that's been around the state of Michigan and Midwest, so yeah, it is just making myself knowledgeable of the, the history. Yeah, absolutely. Start to immerse yourself in it. Um, yeah. when when you head in there, what's like a first day of wrestling school like for yourself? So you obviously you kind of go, okay, so I'm going in, but. I imagine that being that you're coming from the outside, you don't really know what to expect, right? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> like, went in there, and the wrestling was there. Um, started doing drills, and at that time, I was around. It's like floating around two seventy, and it's not like like bodybuilding weight or I mean it's, it's not I'm around that size now yeah but going in there blindly not knowing the cardio wise or what to expect like that first day like like the drills was easy but the breathing and the, 
the conditioning part is what really got me. Yeah. So this, I didn't know what to expect. I don't know everything. I go into anything. I don't know everything. So I just shut my mouth and I listen. Yeah. I do what I'm expected to do. Um, try to do it to my best, the best of my ability. And that's how I look at, looked at it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's probably a pretty good attitude to have like for anybody in life and especially somebody who's going to try, you know, a brand new endeavor that they, they know nothing about. You know, you want to, I suppose you had you rolled in like, yo, I'm huge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm ready to go. Billy Gunn just called me. You know what I mean? Like, like that's not going to help you succeed. You need everybody to be on your team and you want to be on their team and kind of work to, to like do your best, right? Yeah, just don't everybody, don't everybody know everything. Yeah. So like going to the, like I'm going to these people for essentially help yeah. and to learn. Absolutely. So like to go there and be like, ah, well, I, I did this. And I think like that's not important. Like, I'm going there to learn. So mm-hmm. shut up, listen. Mm-hmm. Do there's a reason why the the criteria curriculum is the way it is. It's the reason why they're doing it. Let's go in there and do the work. Absolutely. And what did you think of the work? So, like you said, the conditioning and stuff is one thing. What what's it like? You know, first bump. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. That I won't say. He like some of it's like it's not natural. Like I've I've been used to like doing like sports drills, yeah. Like whenever my whole life, so some of that was easy. Actually, like the like, taking a bump the proper way, um, hitting the ropes the proper way. Um, it seems like people's like oh I can do that. It seems that way until like you actually have, it's a certain way to do things. Mm-hmm. So that. That's just how I look at it. Just, just trying to do everything the right way. Yeah. Um, one of those people, like I want to do it right as soon as you teach me. Yeah. It's not possible, but you know, all the time it's not possible. But that's just my mentality. But I loved it. Like, minus like the initial day of being gassed. Yeah. But besides that, everything was everything was cool for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I assume that being gassed is something that you wouldn't have been a stranger to anyway. I mean, like when you talk about the sports that you've done and then into boxing and bodybuilding, it's almost like you were you were on uh, a course of things that would prepare you for wrestling anyway. You know what I mean? Taking yeah. hits, physical stuff, striking, you know, all of that is going to put you in a better position to say start wrestling school than someone like me because I would die if I even tried to do a bump or die. <laughs> my elbow would shatter, my busted shoulder would be over. <laughs> like it would just be a fucking car wreck from the first bump. So I imagine that somebody like yourself would fall into it a little bit easier than I would. Um the I guess the the more interesting thing when it comes to professional wrestling for me is is that Venn diagram, right? Like like so a professional wrestler in my eyes anyway, from what I know, just being a fan and, and stuff like that, is it's not just that, though. You know, is the there's the professional wrestler and the athlete part, but then there's also the performance aspect and the, the character and, you know, and stunts and things like that. So 
when you're in the school, as as we start to get the drills and stuff out of the way and you start to pick up a moveset and you start to learn the mechanics of a match, how do they approach stuff like that, like character development, you know, for you? Because you obviously know, I mean, MVP is a perfect example, huge personality, great talker, you know, things like that. Do they work on that kind of stuff in a school like that? They do, um, but everybody's um, different yeah. in that sense of, like, I'm, I'm an introvert. Like, I don't talk much. I'm I'm quiet. Like, if you get to know me, like, I'm very, like, silly. I make jokes and stuff like that, but uh-huh. I have to be comfortable yeah. around, like, wherever I'm at. Yeah. Um, I covered it, and that aspect of wrestling didn't click to me until... Uh, like after I started going to OVW, mm-hmm. um, like around that time, like after OVW, like when I, the first day of tapings for Paradigm Pro Wrestling, that's okay. like when it really clicked. Yeah. Prior to that, it was, I had a look mm-hmm. and I kind of got spoiled by being in Michigan. I had a look about me and the way I wrestled. I didn't have to do anything. I was like a quiet assassin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do much, but going outside of Michigan and going to a, a, a going into a venue and they don't know who the hell you are and you're quiet and you're getting no response. Like that's a terrible feeling. Yes. So like it clicked to me like so that was like two years after like two years after I started. Yeah. But like like truth told us, um, anybody that would talk to us would tell us like you have to have some something for people to grab at. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just not the moves, and it took a while for it to register, but it, it got to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, he's one of like the greatest talkers. Like he, he's amazing. And when I, when I see you on ICW No Holds Barred, uh, there's obviously not a huge. Uh, opportunity to grab a mic all the time or, or anything like that and and look and I think like from the moment you come out you know the 50 song is playing and everything like that and there is a lot of swag that comes with that but it is but it is more than just standing there you know what I mean there's facial expressions there's you know all that kind of stuff that you've got to broadcast out of yourself to even have that you know what I mean so yeah exactly and and I assume that like when when you go from just, I guess, trying to like, yeah, your head to be like, okay, I've got to, I've got to do this match, I've got to do this and stuff. But then you also need to be thinking about facial expressions. Am I looking? Is that fan looking at me the wrong way? Am I giving him a scowl? Am I doing this thing? Like, you know, you know, I mean, there must be so much stuff to consider. You know, yeah, you know, it shows. Um, like starting off, you're trying to remember what you're supposed to do out there, and then. Trying to remember, like, uh, anybody tell you, like, your face is your money. Yes. Uh, if you can uh, convey emotion mm-hmm. to people or make them understand what you want through with just your face, or whatever, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. So it's just being being out there initially, and the time goes by extremely fast. No doubt. So you're trying to doing. Oh, oh my God! I, I I'm selling this, or this is going on, and this fan is saying that, whatever. Yeah. After a while, it slows down, and you get to a point where you can actually, okay, 
I know what I'm doing out there. You're not showing in your face. Okay, the next thing is this. While I'm selling this, while that fan is flipping me off or something, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. It, it, it comes with time. It just comes with experience. And I'm still learning it myself, but I'm way more comfortable doing all that now than when I initially started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can start to live in the moment a bit more now that you've kind of got the reps in and stuff rather than, you know, constantly thinking through the process of, like, the entire thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 that's it. So how long is it after you – you said, said I think it was after your first match or whatever they hit you up for tryouts. So it, how long was it that you trained for before that first match? Did you say two years? Uh, I trained, I think it's like three months. Like, oh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, the class I went through was from, I want to say July. Just my first match was that, like, literally September 1st. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, we went through that. Um, I had my first match. I wrestled twice that day. After the first match, I just went to the back, checked my phone, and just saw the email sitting there. Yeah. So I literally, I want to say up until that, I'm, up until the tryout, I might have had like three matches. Those motherfuckers got you bugged or what? They got the, the camera in the <laughs> building? They're like, okay, he's wrestled his first match. Let's get him in. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just, like, it was, it was just, like, surreal, man. It yeah. was as three, like literally at three matches on, by the time I had my tryout. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And, wh- and what's that feel like? Because you've got to be obviously excited and know that's a big opportunity, but also you probably are not feeling like super confident as a professional wrestler yet because you're only just getting started, you know? So you're like, this is a huge opportunity, but I know I've got a lot to learn. Is this somewhere I want to be to help me you know, I guess, I mean, at the time, I mean, WWE has always been known for building stars and building people from scratch, you know? So you're like, maybe this is a place I can go to, you know, be on that track, I guess. Yeah, it was, it's always the end goal, um, like getting there, like, like, again, like doing the drills and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was never worried about drills and stuff, yeah. but the actual, like, promos, doing a promo. Yeah. Um, Aaron, like, William Regal talked to us, and they literally gave everybody one minute to do a promo. Um, Watching actual practice matches from uh, some of the people that was there that was more skilled than me, it made me realize, or, you know, just be honest with myself, I wasn't ready. Yeah. But it made me work harder to, like, I knew where I wanted to, where I want to wind up at. And I knew what work I had to put in to, you know, next time I get a call from there or somewhere else, I would be ready on all aspects. So it was a hell of a learning experience to just be real myself. I I wasn't ready for um, the actual wrestling aspect of it, promos and all that stuff. But I I wouldn't change it for anything, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I suppose... That, that's an amazing attitude, right? Like, to be like, okay, I am 
I'm not ready, but this is still an amazing learning experience. There's a foot in the door. There's the opportunity to be seen, to do things the right way, and to then be seen as somebody that is potentially worth a callback, right? That That's the yeah. kind of attitude you've got to have. This is how I just – this is how I look at everything. Like, yeah. everything happens for a reason. Yeah. There's a reason for me to go out there that early. Mm-hmm. I had to learn what I had to work on. They told me, you know, get some more experience under your belt. They like my look and all that. So that's how I look at it and just go from there. Like, I couldn't get bummed out of, oh, my God, they didn't pick me. I didn't sign me or whatever. Yeah. Like, be honest with myself, like, I I wasn't ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so what – at that time yeah yeah exactly you just, just go to what's uh what's your first promo sounding like what are you <laughs> for oh, William Regal that was, was awful um like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like 30 of us yeah but like everybody did it in one take yeah and I, I just remember just saying like how like it would mean something like I've been watching since I was a kid or something, and, yeah. and trying to outwork people. It it was terrible. Like it was like I just spoke from how I felt at the time. Yeah, like it was it wasn't like a character or anything. It was just like I like I wanted to be there, uh-huh. but looking back on it now, like it was it was bad. Yeah, well, it's like <laughs> I that must be so hard, man. Like to try and. Well, I, I, I mean, you would have really, really had the experience anyway, but like to try and think of something to set you apart of, like you say, a group of like 30 people where people are just going to be getting up and talking over and over. Like, what do you even do to like stand out in that situation? You know what I mean? Everyone's going to yeah. be talking from the heart. Everybody's got like a story. It's like, what do you, what do you even do? You know, <laughs> like it's a lot of pressure. And I looked at it as, it wasn't the first one up there, so I was thinking I was like in the middle. So I didn't have like a, I didn't go into like a personal story, or I didn't come from like I wasn't a war veteran and stuff like that. Yeah. So basically, if you ain't know what to say, pretty much said the same thing in a different way, and yeah. by that time you'd have heard it already about fifteen, twenty times already. So yeah, it kind of just. Def- Kind of defeats that purpose. Yeah, exactly right. That that's why I mean that's that's such a hard situation to <laughs> to be in. I can't even imagine. And but I suppose, like you say, learning experience, and then you've got all that time for next time that opportunity turns around to be thinking of what you would do that would uh, stand out and be different and and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, you said Billy Gunn wasn't there at the time. By by the time you eventually gone, he was he was gone through. Have you heard from him since? Because obviously you you did some AW Dark stuff, right? And he's obviously kicking around yeah. that area. Um, I I shot like when I got the when I got the, the actual day for a tryout, I shot him a message and told him like I thanked him, you know. Uh-huh. Um, he just told me that you know put my best foot forward, just keep them updated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wound up going to AEW, like, before the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, I went down there, and I didn't get a chance to speak to him because, like, I was just a guest there. Yeah. 
Um, so I went up shooting him a message and I re-sent him like an updated resume and stuff like that. He told me he was going to shoot it over to the right people. So that's that's been it. Like I've, I've seen him did work for AEW about two weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was there. But, you know, I, I don't like to bother people. Of course. Unless they come to me and they have criticism or anything I could take away from what they asked me to do. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I thank them. I'm very appreciative for him to reach out to me. Uh-huh. And let's just keep it at that at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, well, it, at the end of the day, he's sort of the catharsis for you even considering getting started. And that may be all it ever is. You know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. you guys will run into each other down the road. But it's just a, it's pretty cool that somebody of his stature and who was in the position he was can, like, inspire a journey like that or, or even just, you know, make somebody consider it and then, you know, look at the trail that you've sort of started on because of that, which is pretty crazy. And I I think right. it's pretty obvious when I, I see you wrestling stuff, it's turned into something that you – like enjoy, you know what I mean? It's like your life, life's kind of work at the moment, and that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, I love it, man. It is. Are you saying like that might just been our interaction is just him helping get me started? You know? yeah. I'm thankful for that. You know, regardless of what happens, yeah. You know, thankful for him to the, the the time he has given me and him pointing me in which direction and helping me. Yeah, I'm completely fine with that. If that's all all it is, if not, you know, however the cars lay. That's how they lay. Absolutely. So the the tryouts what it is what it is. You start getting into the independence and you're doing doing that now. How's it? How's that going? Because you said OVW and things like that. Do you start to really enjoy the independence, getting in cars and doing all that kind of stuff? Um, I do. Um, sometimes travel suck because <laughs> <Yeah>. no doubt. <laughs> um. Some some plane seats um, I don't necessarily fit. <laughs> I don't fit. Neither do I, and uh, I am not your size, so I can only imagine. So uncomfortable, and then you know having to sit in a car. Past like we did wrestling open a few weeks ago. That's like a ten hour drive, but having to sit in a car, and then like it, it was like five of us. So limited space. That that sucks, but everything else, like I love it. Like um I just took everything as a challenge to step outside of Michigan and try to establish myself around as many places as I can. Um the the goal is to make these companies come to me. Yeah. And give them a reason instead of, Hey, you should check me out. It I want it to be, yo. We heard about Isaiah. We need to go check him out, or we we need to hit him up. Yes. So that's been my that's been my mentality these last couple of years. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you meet the DTA guys just through the Michigan scene? Then is that how you yep. met Orion and and the team? Yep. Um, my first show at XICW, mm-hmm. um, I was in a six man. And uh, one of the opponents was Aaron Orion. I think we worked. I worked Aaron. Like I want to say the first two or three shows I was there, mm-hmm. and I was literally two months in, and he just pulled me to the side and just said, told me he thought I had something, and he think I you know I should 
you know, come around with those guys. And I've been with them guys ever since. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, it it must be pretty cool because, like, we're DTA sort of pretty established at that point as well. Where around, yeah, around Michigan, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron and Aaron and Jack was like they were still. The time it was Aaron Jack, and I think they had just. I think Carm was there, and I want to say Alex Weir. Uh-huh. And then I joined. And Adam and Tommy came along as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Saint was there, been like off and on wrestling, like the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah. But around Michigan, like it was, and then they were going through like Ohio, Indiana as well. Yeah, exactly right. It might it must have felt cool to have like a squad essentially bring you into the fold, kind of thing, and then be able to like travel with those guys and learn and. Have like kind of an ongoing sort of relationship, I guess, of, of like-minded, you know, individuals like you guys, train together, work on stuff together, constant feedback, that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, um, just bouncing ideas off of them, or I might one of us might do something, and then the other was like, "Oh well, that's cool. Why don't you try it this way?" Or they might see it from a different perspective. Uh-huh. Um, just looking out for the other, like like everybody brings something different to the table, and you can never absorb, you know, not absorb enough. Like like I said earlier, like I don't know everything, like I, I don't pretend to know everything. So they may present something to me that's completely different that I, I wouldn't have never thought about, and that has been a blessing. Yeah. Like they those everybody that's DTA affiliated has like a, a very good mind for the business. Yeah, that's awesome. I just spoke to Tommy, uh, and he didn't like couldn't say enough good things about DTA, about Aaron, and about yourself. Um, just about how supportive everybody is, and that exact thing, like the the stuff he says that when he's in the ring, you know, with you guys and and with Aaron, and that that just helps unlock stuff for him. You know, like in move set wise or move ideas and stuff that he's like it, he felt it had helped him grow faster um, because uh, of that. Most definitely. Like, that's like, that was like my brothers, you know, yeah. so it's like way comfortable. Like they made it, made me comfortable in the ring, just, just, just interacting with them and just how we interact outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. They just told me just incorporate that in the ring. So it helps, it helps a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It must be a little bit of a safety net as well, like, you know, doing a tag or coming out as a faction or whatever it is as well because it's not just you and you can start to relax a little bit because not all the weight is on your shoulders and you can kind of be yourself and, and bounce around and, and do that kind of stuff, right? It's like another show, you know, your brother there. So that yeah, definitely means a lot and helped a lot throughout the, throughout the years. Yeah, that's awesome. So... Now we we come back around as we start to head towards your journey towards ICW and sort of the more of the stuff you're doing now. Um, how's that presented to you, like that opportunity? Because you, you talk about getting into an arena. The pit's a little bit more, um, you know, hard hitting and like we said, no ring and stuff like that. It's not necessarily full death match, you know, like in – 
in that those particular shows. But how's that presented to you? Is it something that you were already aware of and something you were were eyeing off as being a part of? Um, I started hearing about them. Uh, I was aware, but I, like I wasn't fully aware. And then uh, it's a guy that like sponsor us. Uh, him and his family, Donald Holland, like yes. the Hollands. They like very supportive. Like they like the Doe family, Michigan. Yeah. Um, they found out that they were coming to Michigan, and like when I say just like they hit up ICW damn near every day, <laughs> suggest me, Aaron, and Tommy get a shot. Yeah. So pretty much, honestly, it might be his doing because that's how I got booked, and um, yeah, so. I, after Danny hit me up about it, just started looking up. So I was familiar with uh, Justin Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I was like, all right, well, let me try it, try it <laughs> once, see what happens. I've been there ever since. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we opened the show talking about it, but but you said you loved it, right? Like, like we said, yeah. it's yeah. like Fight Club. It's so different, and, it, I mean, it looks so cool on camera. Um. Yeah, it it, may, it must have been like, what the fuck am I doing? And then next minute, you're like, oh, I'm about this. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, all right, what did I sign up for? And then everybody is like so chill there. Everybody's so cool. They take care of you, you know. So you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Danny and everybody there. It's just, it's just, it's different, but it's different in a good way. That's the best way I can describe it. Man. It's not just full-on deathmatch. Like, I've wrestled, I don't know how many matches there. I've had one, and I had one deathmatch, and that was with Tommy. And that's probably the only thing, probably it's the only deathmatch I'll ever do. And that's because it was with my brother. Yeah. But the rest, it doesn't have to be deathmatches. Like, get creative with it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. y'all ain't check it out, man. Check out ICW, man. <laughs> that's it. Uh Let's speak about Don Holland for a second. World famous Don Holland. Even I know him in in, in Perth, Western yeah. Australia. He's actually a huge part of like independent wrestling social media because he's so vocal for the the people he supports. Like he, yeah. you know, he rides for Michigan Pro Wrestling. You know, like nobody I've ever seen support anything ever. You know, what, what's it like meeting him and the family? Because the way Tommy describes him to me, they're just like part of his family now, you know, like it's crazy. I can see he doesn't have to do any of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's, 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 and it comes from a good place. And it's not just him, like the, his whole family supports mm-hmm. all of us or anybody he sees something that he supports uh-huh. and he pushes to the moon. He may think that because he's a fan, it doesn't mean anything. It means a lot because these promoters and companies or promotions look for fan feedback. You know what I'm saying? It, it proves in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Like they see him being vocal about me or Tommy or Aaron or Adam or Jack, or any of these people, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to at least give them an opportunity. So he's, he does more for uh, Michigan indie wrestling than he realizes. And very appreciative to him and his family. Absolutely. It it really shows like a lot and he obviously 
is somebody as well that like he wouldn't support you guys if he didn't not only respect what you do in the ring but also value you as people you know what i mean like if you if you guys reacted to his support in like a you know dismissive way or a disrespectful way and stuff it probably wouldn't be that so i think it also reflects on you too because then people are like well these guys must be great guys because like who else is gonna gonna represent them this way you know what i mean and and talk about them that much because you just wouldn't you just wouldn't do it you know so i gotta say like he's very passionate about it and it's like his passion speaks out like you can just see it yeah. and it comes through whatever it's a tremendous plus for anybody to have like i don't i understand it's like fans or supporters going too far but man that that dude like their support is like top-notch man yeah. i got nothing bad to say about none of them <laughs> no doubt he even pushes me if i'm a little bit tardy on an episode it's been a couple of weeks i'm getting a message like out into the <laughs> world like when's the next faces and feels episode coming out i'm like okay don chill out <laughs> like <I'm> man, just... <laughs> it, but it comes from a good place man that's, absolutely that's dope. absolutely so as we start to to wrap up here you obviously were telling me about recently doing some AEW dark stuff which is obviously an amazing opportunity to get out there and do that so how does uh, an opportunity like that come did they hit you up or was there you know a group of guys going a car going out there or whatever and you just take the ride out there and see what's happening like how did that how that come about I want it's February um I worked for OWA and um, uh, Sean Dean was on the show. He signed to AEW, mm-hmm. and he saw my match with Mysterious Q. And after the match, he just pulled me to the side and just, just told me to hit him up. And after that, like, he's pretty much like looked out for me on on that aspect of getting me down there. So, like, major shout out to Sean Dean. Mm-hmm. Like, he ain't have to do it, whatever, but he pulled me to the side. So. So anytime today you shoot me a message, if they say, hey, you, you want to come down or, you know, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I've been there four, about four times now. Mm-hmm. But, um, even if I don't have a match, just still being in it, like, still being in that type of uh, atmosphere, mm-hmm. it, it makes you want to, at least it makes me want to work harder. And it, it shows, like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm that close to what I want. So I just got to go a little bit harder. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, being around that, much like we were talking about with the other, the other stuff, you know, being around it, positive attitude, learning whatever knowledge is, is there to be learnt, you know, and, and having that attitude is, is the kind of thing that takes you to a place, you know, like that or helps you get to whatever is next for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's just everything happens for a reason, yeah. and this is this is how I look at things. And uh, like I, I know my time is coming soon, but in the process, if somebody if somebody else get opportunity or whatever, I'm, I'm still gonna clap for them. Mm-hmm. Like if you see my social media, I share everybody's stuff. Like yeah. I'm happy for everybody that gets opportunity. So I know my time's coming eventually. So, uh, you know, just kind of try to keep it positive uh-huh. and promote every year around. Absolutely. You you put positive energy into the world and it's going to come back to you, man. So that's the way to get it done, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. 
That's awesome. Dude, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you carving out a little bit of little bit of your day to to chill with me and to to give us a bit of an insight into your story. Tell the people where to find your social media, where you're sharing everybody's stuff. Isaiah Broner everywhere. Uh, Isaiah Broner 313 on Instagram. Just Isaiah Broner, my name, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. A couple of t-shirts up at Pro Wrestling Tees. Mm-hmm. Also, this weekend, AIW, we, J-Lit Tournament. Um, Friday, Saturday, uh, catch both days. If you can't be there, um, catch us on IWTV. Also, we got like a new crop of students at IW. They got a show called Fresh Meat, and that will be Saturday. I want to say 3 p.m., 3 or 4 p.m. Um, but support them just like you would support any, anybody else. They knew they need to support. Give them a shot. Um, Next week, 27th, Black Label Pro, me and Eric Stevens. Um, I can't remember past that. <laughs> it's all it's all a rush of opportunities for you by then. Yeah, just, just keep a lookout on my social media, man. Thank you for your time and allowing me on your platform to discuss things that we discuss and also promote things. Um, very much appreciate it. Anytime you like to have me on, I'm willing to be on. Absolutely, man. We'll do it again when it is not 5 a.m. in the morning directly before <laughs> I have work. Uh, but, but, dude, I, I can't wait to see what's next for you. I really think there's bigger and better things coming. I think uh, your positive attitude shines through in everything you do. And everybody, make sure you check out those dates that he spoke about. Follow this man on social media. And... Uh, Watch the rise of the man known as Isaiah Broder. Brother, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. No worries. So for Isaiah Broner, for DTA, and for Face and Fields, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Yo, thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Fields podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.ee slash FacesFeelsCast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. 
If you are a deathmatch wrestling, promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. <laughs>